Welcome to this bonus episode of a podcast with Vailana talking about sex and sexuality. It's by far the most vulnerable we've ever gotten in this subject, and it coincides with the release of her new single, Out of Exile, which really goes there. It talks about all of the full breadth of sexuality through music, and we do the same on this podcast. So enjoy this special amp with Vailana. Vailana. Normally, I would call you Vailana Marcus, but as an artist, you're just Vailana. Just Vailana. And you have probably the most controversial song of your whole album about to release, so much so, and so interestingly so, that we thought we would have a little chat about the meaning behind it. The song is called Out of Exile, and it's about the reclamation of sexuality and your own journey through that, a journey that I've been a part of. Big part of, <laughs> quite a big part of, the monumental part of. <laughs> Why did you decide to name it Out of Exile? What does that mean to you? So in my own life's experience, in so many ways I felt disempowered in my sexuality, using it for validation, using it to try to capture love. Trying Hold to... on, you were not a virgin when we met? This is fucked up. Stop the podcast. How do you think I was so We're good having, at it? Are you crazy? <laughs> We're having a discussion. <laughs> but the exile part is the part that feels shame around the fullness of being in your full fuck. Mm -hmm. The part of you that's willing to just be fully surrendered and open and to touch God through your sex. And that is something that... I feel very few women and men have truly experienced. And there's so much distorted energy around our sexuality mm -hmm. based on how we're brought up, based on religious traditions and the shaming that comes around that expression, you know, in that container. Like there's so many aspects of life where is sex really talked about in this way where we can access our power, where we can connect to the highest frequency that we can access through our ecstasy and rapture. Is that something that's really talked about in the world? I've been really blessed to have people in my field that, you know, you have primarily introduced me to, Layla Martin, Emily Fletcher, Mama Gina, these women who are really, you know, like leading the charge with this message. And over the last year, and in my own reclamation through the container of our love through the safety and the devotion that you hold to me, what that's, you know, really unlocked in my own expression. Um, it felt like it was a necessary piece to create a piece of music to that's edgy, that's sexy, that's a little bit confronting potentially, but it it just contains the, the vastness of what my own rec reclamation has, you know, has has had. Yeah, it's interesting because, of course, there is the religious influence that we have to give credence to, of course. I mean, sexuality was always treated as a sin, you know, except if it was specifically for the 
you know, for the purpose of making a baby, sure. in which case, like, then it was okay, mm -hmm. you know, but it had to be in missionary position. Actually, sodomy is defined as anything that's not missionary position sex, mm. right? So, and that's Doggy the style highest sodomy. Sin. Yeah, it is. Oral <laughs> sex, sodomy. So that's actually, and then you have stories where the biblical God of wrath and punishment, which if you look at what he, you know, what the stories say, he sent a fireball to destroy an entire city of men, women, and children, a city called Sodom, because they were Sodomites. They were, I don't know, going down on each other and stuff. Having sex for pleasure. Having sex for pleasure. So mm -hmm. you have to think that this, and we were obviously founded by puritanical pilgrims. Mm -hmm. So that's a factor. And also one thing I would love to add, because I just recently got very obsessively invested in watching Game of Thrones, you know, there's also this element of the woman being viewed as as the vessel to bear an heir, where it's not about love and connection and access to the divine. It's like, you are here to bear a son that can be my heir, that can carry on sure. my name. And, and just even imagining like, that's programming that still exists within our DNA from, you know, for for the for thousands of years. So that's another form of exile. So you have religious yeah. and then you have patriarchal heredity, which is a double exile, but it's even more than that. I think there's industrial puritan puritanical, you know, roots, which is basically pleasure is fucking off and work is good. Mm. And it's part of this kind of industrial revolution mindset, embrace the grind, this whole thing, like constantly be working. Your worth is determined by your output, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that concept has actually made pleasure something that is below, you know, work. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same idea of, you know, people, I think we've all had parents who like, or other people like sleeping in till, you know, sleeping in till 11 a.m., you know, should be getting up there and getting to work. You're going to have to sacrifice to, to make life happen. Yeah, and, and there's course, compromise <laughs> yeah. and just like. And why, why are you sleeping the day? Well, I was up at six o'clock and I was <laughs> I already did all this work by the time you were awake, you know? So it's this industrial puritanism that's that exists as well. So that's like a, a triple exile mm -hmm. that's there. And then there's the exile that comes from people's jealousy, mm. basically, right? Like a lot of the slut shaming, I think has, yeah, it has some of the roots of these other exiles, but it also has just men's jealousy. Mm. Oh, oh, you want to have sex with somebody that's not me? You're a slut, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's a way to denigrate that thing when actually the source of it is jealousy. So it's or, almost a fourfold exile. Or even just judgment because when when there's judgment, there's always an aspect that has to do with self. So if you see somebody that's very liberated in their sexuality, you know, where they're experiencing pleasure of their own choice and in their own authority, and that's threatening to you because you don't contain that same sense of freedom within yourself. Sure. So that's an easy way to be like, you're a slut. Yeah. Let me shame you. Let me feel bad for your sense of freedom because I don't have access to my own. Yeah, it's a way to place your own virtue above somebody else when really, again, that's a form of jealousy. I'm jealous that mm -hmm. I'm not as liberated as you because of this other cultural programming that I've experienced. And so therefore, let me shame it. Let me denigrate it. Let me make it worse mm -hmm. than what I'm doing as the virtuous one. 
So there's many ways in which sexuality has been exiled. And it's not only women, but I think women have had to bear the brunt of it because of the patriarchal heredity exile. And we do have, you know, names have always been passed through the paternal line. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of things you can say about the patriarchy. And in a lot of ways, it is kind of overdone, I think. But there's a lot of truth to it mm -hmm. as well. Like, mm -hmm undeniably so so and in that i think to imagine that we would just be able to shed all of that without that having an influence on us is is just wild to assume that we wouldn't be impacted by that fourfold exile and of course you were mm -hmm. or even you know even and I can speak to my own experience, even your own like self exile. Like for me in my early 20s, I was in a very toxic relationship where, you know, ultimately w there was like polarity created in the, you know, fighting makeup sex, fighting makeup sex, like in and just using sex as a way to feel love again and to come together again. And how painful and distorted and delusional that relationship was. So there's even a part of myself that shut down my own pleasure because my pleasure and my addiction to, to that pleasure is something that put me through a lot of pain. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there's also an aspect of self exile if you're having, you know, really, um, just unhealthy relationships with people and using that as a mechanism. I'm curious, and I've never talked about this with you, but mm -hmm. I'm curious that if you had a more liberated attitude towards your own sexuality, because you've mentioned in this particularly toxic relationship mm -hmm. that the sexuality was what kind of kept you in it. Mm -hmm. like the, And I know in some ways it was a way for redemption because you were getting rejected, cheated on in a variety of different ways. But if you were more sexually liberated, had a different kind of mindset, a mindset like you do now, and mm -hmm. were more comfortable going to seek your own pleasure, I'm curious as to whether you felt like, and I think maybe other people feel like, as a woman, if you've already had sex with somebody, you've already crossed the shame threshold mm -hmm. of like, well, we've already had sex, so if I have sex again, that's okay, because it's the same person, my count, Mm -hmm. the count of how many people I've had sex with, which, you know, I think a lot of, you know, especially because of this pressure on the female, the idea is to keep that count low. I mean, it's for, for men, it's like being high and for women, it's low. Like that's like, who, right. like I, I would imagine that most people have had that conversation when they start a new relationship or they're dating somebody, like right. how many people have you had sex with? Right, right, right. And so that, that kind of, that pressure, I wonder if you had been more liberated if you would have just been like, oh, no, I can have great sex or at least good sex mm -hmm. in a lot of different places. So you would have been less bound to that one partner that was your outlet to express your sexuality mm -hmm. if you had had a more open-minded and less shame-infused yeah. understanding of your own sexual liberation. Yeah, likely. I, I mean, I think it's it's interesting because it it feels like it's twofold. Like, I think that the reclamation of my sexuality has gone hand in hand with an elevation of my consciousness and self-awareness. So I think there's like, it's a little bit more nuanced than just specifically that. Um, I don't, 
honestly, at that time, I don't think that that was something that I was super worried about. Or I, I, mm-hmm. I, I personally have never really been slut shamed. Um, you know, like that's, that's just not been something that's been super in my field. So that hasn't been something that I've, you know, really come up against. But um, I do think if I were me sitting here today, feeling very expressed in my sexual, you know, in my sexuality, I don't think I would have participated in something right. like that, that would have gone hand in hand with the consciousness, which and the self confidence and exactly. the self love exactly. that would have actually made it just implausible for you to even consider staying in that relationship. Exactly, because I think there's an element of like your, and this is, I believe, something that you said, you know, from your teacher Mark Gaffney, that it's like your self love and worthiness. Like your, uh, what was the word? Dignity. Your dignity. Your dignity and your belief that you are worthy of love actually goes hand in hand with how much pleasure that you can access. Yeah, your dignity is the limit to the amount of pleasure that you allow yourself to receive. Yeah. Yeah, which is a very like interesting concept to explore, mm-hmm. being that we actually place a ceiling on our own pleasure based on how much we feel we deserve that pleasure. And and that mechanism I've explored with love, because of course we only receive love equal to the amount of love we feel like we deserve. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we think that somebody's foolish or like that it's, they're missing something. They're not seeing the real truth or it's not real, but we just won't let it in. But it's also the same with pleasure. Mm -hmm. You have to have like a real, dignity a dignity of pleasure a dignity of worth a dignity of feeling like oh yeah and if i'm supposed to feel this amount of pleasure and if you have a lot of shame around how you express sexually like how much are you really accessing the fullness of your fuck or your pleasure Mm -hmm. like you're not even tapping anywhere close to it yeah yeah so what has it been about this container this unbelievable union that we're in what has it been about this union that's really allowed you to unlock and flower into the full fuck of your sexuality yeah it's it's actually it's actually story of it's the story of the song and so the first verse of it really establishes in the lyrics that this is a container of safety and let's let's let people hear that first verse the first verse <laughs> Okay, let me sit up here. Take me, my submission, provoking your tenderness. Enter the garden. Total permission, my flower, she opens for your devotion, an ocean of timeless pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, with those lyrics, what it's saying is because I trust you because I know that you have reverence and you honor me and you honor my body and that the act of sexing, whether it's fucking and it's wild and there's power dynamics or it's just a sensual 
you know, erotic making love, because I feel that sense of safety, my ability to fully open myself and be in my full feminine principle of surrender to what, you know, is another lyric in the song, to literally be annihilated, to be taken to God. Like, it's, it's, it's the safety piece of it. It's the fact that I know that no matter what it is that we go through, like we're here for each other, we're in integrity, you're in integrity with yourself, you're honest, I'm honest, everything is authentic, everything is true. Something about that sense of safety creates the vastness of potential for where you can go in your sexuality and how much pleasure you can access. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's interesting, you know, I think people are afraid to actually really surrender and enter into that feminine principle that mm -hmm. you talk about because they're worried that there's a kind of greedy, rapacious desire from the masculine that always wants more. Mm -hmm. And the more you surrender, the more you know, the more the the masculine principle will take. And I think mm -hmm. we have to be careful not to just place this on one sex and not the other sex because yeah, it can it's, be it's it can just be whoever's both. holding the polarity. Who's ever holding the feminine or masculine polarity. But mm -hmm. until you trust that the masculine polarity will not take more than is given and that the submission will actually provoke the tenderness. Mm -hmm. And that's when the when the dynamic is healthy. When it's like I give you an inch, you take a mile. If it's in that kind of cliched model, then you're never going to feel safe because you're always going to be guarded. Because mm -hmm. the more you give, the more that they want to take. And so there's no trust mm -hmm. in the container. So yeah, you're always guarding yourself. Yeah. If there's any if there's any fear, it's like your whole energy body, your pussy you know you're like it's like everything is a little bit contracted even though you might be feeling pleasure enjoying yourself like there's some aspect of you that's a little bit shut down because you're afraid you're afraid of getting hurt mm -hmm. you're afraid that you know i mean i guess i can say for me in my former years like i was afraid that giving myself in that may in that way meant that ultimately i would end up in a lot of pain because there wasn't the trust aspect there. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a couple times um, that sexuality can be a portal to God. Mm. And there's a lot of interesting ways to enter into that understanding. And, but it's something that we kind of know, actually. You know, and and again, like Mark would say, like anthroontologically, we feel it, and mm -hmm. it's in, been in pop culture. Even, you know, Trent Reznor in the Nine Inch Nails song "Closer," you bring me closer to God. Oh, I want to yeah. fuck you like an animal. You bring yeah. me closer to God. Yeah, and it's like we hear that, and we're like, oh yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I fucking get it. And it's iconic. Like that's like that's withstood like, the the times. Of course, of course, because we know, we know, we kind of know that that's true, but we don't really follow the thought all the way through. Mm -hmm. And also there was a study done, and, and Mark again loves to talk about this, but a study done about what people say when they're climaxing. Mm -hmm. And the things that people say are God or your partner's name. Mm -hmm. And he he likes to talk about how that is really the same thing yeah. that you're actually recognizing that your partner in that moment is 
also a representation of the divine in bringing you to the divine and you're entering the divine space together mm-hmm. or you're just calling out God because that's what you're experiencing. Yeah. Or I actually, what you say is fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you actually say fuck, which in that, in, you know, Mark's phenomenology of Eros in that, in that transmission, fuck is another name for God, mm-hmm. right? Like that is because of Eros, Shekinah, God, it's all representing this kind of merger of the union and then the and then the collapse of self, the mm-hmm. destruction of self, like this kind of moment where you come together and part of you is annihilated and another part of you opens into apotheosis, into a state of the divine mm-hmm. where everything else melts away. Yeah. And for that moment of climax, you know, they used to, in, in French, they called it le petit mort, like the little death. It's like the, in that moment, all of you dies and you merge with mm-hmm. something ecstatic that's beyond our comprehension. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's interesting that people don't really give that as much credit as I think we actually really believe when we start thinking about it. And then to also acknowledge like how much of the way the world operates is actually driven around sex. Sure. You know, I used to work I used to work in nightlife when I lived in LA and there was this one night, you know, I I did bottle service, so I was used to just serving mostly men that would come in and get tables and like what's the whole purpose of the night? They want to get girls to the table, they want the girls to have fun in the hopes that maybe one of them will like them and they'll get to, you know, I don't imagine that many people are going to nightclubs looking for like their sacred union partner, but it's just like they want to have that access point to get to connect with something that is literally purifying, like mm-hmm. ecstasy is purifying. And one thing that I love, um, you know, just kind of imagining the moment of orgasm is when you're reaching that peak expression that is vibrational of ecstasy, of rapture, it is the potential to create life. When it's with when it's with when it's with a man and a woman, it's a it's a potential to create life. Right. So it's literally like this high frequency of the potentiality. It's God. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally and and, and you stepping always are, but it's it's stepping into fully creator consciousness. You know, and and I don't really think that it's just you know necessarily biological, but it's like when you're um, embodying one aspect of the polarity to merge with another, to make it to that moment. And it, this is something else that you always say about the moment of um, orgasm is when you're holding so much light that you literally cannot contain any more of it. So it's like an explosion, mm-hmm. you know, but just thinking of like something that is that pleasurable, rapturous and high frequency, like how that could be something that is so bad how could that not be purifying on multiple dimensions of your being, mm. you know? And and that's kind of the world of thought that I have been stepping into this last year, you know, just knowing these really extraordinary women who have been studying Tantra for, you know, Layla Martin, who's been studying Tantra for a decade over a decade and who just like really understand it from a spiritual, biological, emotional, psychological lens. You know, it's really opened my mind to like, how much power is in our sexuality if we can really claim it of our own authority for ourselves? Yeah. 
Yeah. The interesting thing is, is that, you know, again, to talk about the first exile being the religious exile, you know, I think it really comes into view if this is a portal to unmediated access to the divine, but your business model is being the mediator For sure. to the divine. Uh, oh, you want the divine? You have to go through me. I'm a priest or I'm the church and, mm-hmm. you know, tithe to me. And, and if you look at it from a business model perspective, and there's a lot of beautiful aspects of religion. And of course, I'm deeply involved in a, you know, Hebrew lineage that's reviving some of these ancient understandings, religious understandings that have been kind of misconstrued over the ages. So I'm not downplaying religion. And of course, the mystical teachings of Yeshua and and across the board, there's beauty there. So I don't want to get that confused in this. But nonetheless, you can see how that was a real nefarious, insidious trick to Mm. try to convince people that their ability to access the divine unmediated completely democratized, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yeah, you could say, all right, well, 5-MEO DMT can give you access to God. And it does. But is that dr- democratized? Can everybody do it? Should everybody do it? Hell no. Mm-hmm. You know, not enough toads. And even if it was synthetic, it's like it's not the right thing for everybody to experience that. However, sex, mm-hmm. fully democratized. Everybody, even if you're pleasuring yourself. Yeah, even your can, own self-practice. Can access you know, that divine. But if you tell people that that's not it, then, then you're really lost. Because mm-hmm. the, thing, the way that you can know, know God, if you're told that that's not God, then you're, you're looking for a ghost. Yeah. That's not real. You're playing a big game of Scooby-Doo and continually looking behind different masks. Yeah. And you're never going to find it because it was right in plain sight mm-hmm. in your pants. Or <laughs> in your pants. <laughs> or just always having to outsource it to something else. Right. You know, and that's that's one thing that I really love too about, you know, the teachings about sex magic. And, you know, we've done a podcast with Layla Martin that would, you know, if anyone's really interested in it can go check it out. But like you can even access these expansive states of consciousness through your own practice with yourself by connecting that pleasure energy, that fuck energy to your own heart with intention, with visions. Like there's there's so much available, but this isn't a conversation that many people are having. And so, you know, my intention for this song is to start the conversation by something that is exciting and awesome to listen to like one of one of my one of my intentions for the song was for it to be something that was iconic like i want to you know like closer i want to fuck you like an animal you mm. take me closer to god it's like for some reason that hits for people and he's talking about you let me violate you you let mm. me desecrate you and it's like people go bananas for that song i'm yeah. sure it's also very very you know, threatening and confronting and triggering for some people as well. But I wanted to capture that same essence in this song that's like, there is so much here for you. If you can open your mind, if you can open your heart, if you can just like allow yourself to feel the transmission through the frequencies of the music and through the lyrics and through, you know, this is, this is the expression. It's my autobiography of my own reclamation and not everyone's is going to look the same, but like maybe it can activate and inspire something in you because it's like, it's reaching you in a, in a way that 
doesn't have to contain understanding, but it's more about like the felt sense of what is, how does this land in my system? How does this feel in my body? How does my body want to move in this like kundalini-like energy? And then the rock, you know, the electric guitar comes in and the violin takes you to the climax. And then after there's these ethereal you know, these ethereal voices coming in that's like the afterglow of after you've accessed something that's extraordinary and beautiful and purifying and pleasurable. Mm -hmm. So a cultural phenomenon, Fifty Shades of Grey, mm. just hit the world and just, I don't know how many of those fucking books sold. It's not even a good book. I read one, I was like, wow, this is not a good I book. I totally read all of them and it was like very, I mean, it was very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> for a yeah. I think for a woman for many yeah. reasons yeah and so and it's one of these things that's like still a little taboo but mm -hmm. it's also gotten more mainstream in a certain way and it's something that we've explored as well power exchange mm -hmm. and, and so what is what is from your perspective that experience to step into the power exchange submissive dominant dynamic mm -hmm. you know what does that open up for you? So for me, and I, you know, I think that it becomes a mirror to life where, you know, we go into the space. And for me, it's a very sacred container because I am completely surrendering myself to trusting that you know exactly how to feel where my limits are and also to be willing to be uncomfortable, impatient, you know, all these things that like, if, if you mirror that to life, it's like, how willing are you to surrender through discomfort mm. and to trust that the, the divine is always carrying you no matter, you know, what challenge or, or what challenge you go through where you'll end up, like how much can you surrender? And it's, it's fascinating because there's something about the expression of that surrender that creates this like high feeling, almost like being on psychedelics, almost like smoking cannabis. It's like my whole body just feels like I'm floating on a cloud and pain and pleasure morph into the same thing because they're happening simultaneously. And there's this realization that the, the, there's a fine line between the two of those. And they've actually accessed pleasure simply through the pain, you know, mm. flogging, whatever it might be. Um, and it just feels like it blurs all of these lines where normally it's like really black and white, like pain is this, pleasure is this. And then all of a sudden they're intersecting and weaving and morphing with each other. And there's like a big liberation in that. And I feel like, you know, that practice that we do, which is incredibly rapturous and exciting. And it also creates a lot of novelty if you're in a monogamous relationship, you know, like we have, we're very, very devoted to making our pleasure and eros and our, you know, sexual connection a priority in our partnership. Like we have date nights as often as we can. And not even not often enough. Not often enough. When we get, you know, we're so, we're, we're, most of the times like going out I look really, forward really, to our date nights more than anything no but it's like it's, it's <laughs> anything in the world we go at a fast pace though that sometimes we just kind yeah. of fall off and then we both feel it it's like something in the relationship feels like it's getting stagnant or like a little bit robotic and then we have a date night and it like reinvigorates our partnership 
And when you're, you know, playing in, in these kind of power dynamic situations, it feels like it's bringing a new sense of novelty because mm -hmm. it's always shifting, you know, like sometimes we do the same thing, but it's also like we're, we're creating some sense of distance and newness and well we're playing we're stepping into a character yeah you know i mean you're stepping into a submissive character you're not submissive in ordinary life nor mm -hmm. am i dominant in ordinary life yeah but stepping into that character it's exaggeration of polarity mm -hmm. you know to the extreme you know you representing the feminine principle in exaggeration mm -hmm. me representing the masculine principle in exaggeration and not the shadow masculine it has to be both the fullness of the divine masculine that's deeply listening, listening mm. at a level that, you know, calls forth my actual highest divinity. So my experience in, in the dominant role is that because, as the song says, because of your submission, it's calling forth my tenderness, but my tenderness is dependent upon the deepest, deepest listening, mm -hmm. energetically listening, listening to cues, listening to your sounds, listening to every different aspect, listening to my own self, my own lusts and desires, and, and paying attention to such a degree that there's nothing that draws focus more deeply. And I, and I think correlated with that are the brainwave states. What mm -hmm. you talked about is that sense of timelessness, which mm -hmm. is another word in, in the song, mm -hmm. right? It's transient hypofrontality. They've done studies, and it's this this moment where actually the blood leaves the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of you that focuses and you know thinks about reality. And for the Dom, you step into flow state, which is a state where it's super fluidity. It's just mm -hmm. action without thought. You're mm -hmm. just in the zone. And it's also just like, like for you, I would imagine too, for both of us, there is an energetic conversation that's happening that's beyond just, you know, the physical elements of whatever it is that we're doing. It's like you're in such a deep sense of listening and I am constantly feeling the sense that I can trust wherever things are going and surrender even more. How much more can I surrender? How much more can I mm -hmm. surrender? Because I can feel your deep listening. And then it's just this like vortex and cycle of energy that just feels like nothing else I've ever experienced. And with that framework, that's the way to experience novelty at depth. And that's mm. one of the things that I describe as the difference between polyamory and sacred union. Polyamory, you're looking at novelty by actually having novelty, new people. Mm -hmm. That's novel, it really is. However, the trick of being in union is finding that similar experience of novelty, but at depth. And one of the ways to do that is to exaggerate polarity so that the polarity actually brings you to a state that you've never experienced, that neither of us have ever experienced, a more masculine pole than I've ever reached mm -hmm. and a more feminine pole than you've ever reached. And then we encounter each other at the same time. So it's like we bring the stranger, and Gaffney would call Daphne calls this the stranger back into the relationship, mm -hmm. the novel, the novelty of meeting each other for the first time. And that is absolutely exhilarating and electrifying. And that's mm -hmm. why I think it's one of the technologies that allow a monogamous or at least monogamish container to really thrive mm -hmm. is some of these techniques that bring in that sense of electric, wonder-filled novelty. <clears throat> yeah. And I think it's, you know, I've been 
most of I've been in, you know, I was kind of like serial relationship type of person before you. And most most of those cycles were around like two years. And there were a lot of elements that were the reasons why they ended. But it's just like at some point, you know, what initially drew you together, the novelty, the excitement, the craving, the, you know, the feeling like you don't really know. And then the sex that can feel really like, you know, exhilarating in the beginning. It's like all of those kind of textures start to fade a little bit. And in our relationship, you know, as I said before, it's like we're always creating that new novelty. So it feels like we're constantly meeting like our partner, but it in like a new expression, mm-hmm. you know, because we're always evolving and we're always changing and we're and we're always devoting ourselves to having our pleasure and eros be, you know, the highest priority of our relationship. Yeah. And, you know, and in that, it's like, like it, we tend to actually have more like struggle or conflict when we're not doing, when we're not, you know, keeping up with- For sure. Being an Eros as much. For sure. You know. And power exchange is not the only way to do it. I, I think we had one of the most particularly strong and powerful experiences when we actually, again, you know, and on a lot of this, I have to give so much credit to, you know, to Gaffney for his work, but what he would call a version of sexual theater mm-hmm. in which I put on the role <laughs> of this wild, eccentric, erotic mystic. <laughs> and I like really stepped into the role and you were auditioning to be a part of this mystic's private collection of films you know and that was like that he was creating as this this wild erotic mystic reclusive artist you know and i like stepped in all the way and you stepped in all the way and in that i was able to embody a character that was like so erotically entranced with every kiss every smell every breath of of that I was experiencing with you. Mm-hmm. And then that just brought you alive to a whole other level. Yeah. And so there's so many of these kind of technologies that they only really work if you go all the way. If you're mm-hmm. kind of like, if you break the spell and you're like, ha ha, and you step in your role or you laugh, you can always laugh. But if, if you really try to step into the role fully, mm-hmm. that's where it's magical. Just like Burning Man, like you gotta step into the consciousness of wow, to understand how wow Burning Man actually is. And you got to step into this, step into the consciousness of what you're actually embodying to make these dynamics really work. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's so, that's to say that there's many different, there's many different pathways mm-hmm. that, that can actually access these different aspects because we're such, we're a hyper object. We're so yeah. many different things. And it's also just like, it's there's a fluidity to it too with us. Like there are some times when I feel incredibly sensitive and the idea of any kind of power dynamic is like so not where my energy's at for whatever reason. And so then we get to explore different aspects of more of like a sensual nature of our sexuality or, you know, it's just, it's. Or sometimes where you want to be in a bit more of like a dominant, you're like kind of like the teasing courtesan <laughs> who's like, no, you just lay on your back and you, you don't listen get, to me. You listen to me, you know? And like I and that's fun. Mildly dominant. Uh, yeah. Dominant isn't really my gate, but yeah. That's about that's about as far as I go with that. But nonetheless, it like it that opens up 
a new vector mm -hmm. as well. And, and, and this is the, you know, this is the technique. And I think a lot of people can see that, I mean, typically this, this period of limb rinse, we'd be, you know, kind of in the aggregate kind of running out of the, the limb rinse, which is the honeymoon phase, phase that yeah. initial part where everything is electric and exciting, but we're not, mm -hmm. you know, we're just as wild and crazy about each other as we ever have been. And in fact, more so, mm -hmm. you know, and of course there's periods where it's, you know, peaks, peaks and then, and, and it's not, it's like, it's more of like a sine wave mm -hmm. than it is like this consistent, of course, we're human beings, we get stressed, we get busy, we get tired, we get distracted, mm -hmm. but like every peak seems to be an even higher peak, mm -hmm. you know? And that's like, I mean, I, I, we just got back from Green Bay and I remember like in one of those days in Green Bay, I was like fucking maxed out. <laughs> You know, just absolutely maxed Puppy out. Puppy dog and following me around. Yeah, exactly. I'm so obsessed with you today. Yeah, exactly. Like, Ooh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> and that's the and that's the that's the possibility. That's the that's the good news mm -hmm. about this situation. That breaks this cultural double bind that people say, like, well, you're either single, and then you have excitement and passion, or you're polyamorous and you have some excitement and passion, but deep challenge and pain. And most men who I talk to are like, that sounds interesting. And I'm like, yeah, but think about loving your sweetheart so much. And then knowing that she's getting fucked in the ass by somebody tonight. And they're like, yeah, never mind. Fuck that. You know, like, just kidding. That sounds horrible. You know, I'm like, yep, yep. Nailed it. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's like, so you can, you have that kind of dynamic or then you have, and then there's boring old monogamy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, doesn't have to be. And also, as Tammy Nelson famously said, there is a monogamy continuum. Like monogamy isn't one thing. Mm -hmm. It's also can be a kind of a softer, you know, kind of a softer boundary edge to that. And that's something that we've also explored and it's been extremely fruitful and also very surprising mm -hmm. given the background of how many men have cheated on you yeah. and how much jealousy has been a part of your life and mm -hmm. your your ability to step in. So so talk about that a little bit as well because that's been a deep deep journey that we've only alluded to. But yeah. fuck it, we're coming out without a exile. Here we are, yeah, coming out. Um, so yeah, so essentially what he's describing is just you know inviting other women into our container um, at times, and it's been so liberating for me because I have been so contracted in like jealousy and competition, you know, because as you said, I've been in so many, pretty much all of my relationships, there was some sense of betrayal or, or cheating. So I've always looked at other women as threat, you know, like don't get too close, don't get too close, don't get too comfortable because then I'm like hypervigilant and on edge. And, you know, I was really blessed last year to go through a really big death rebirth process um, around all of this and my mistrust with the masculine and the feminine. And, you know, in, in actually a very sacred context, you know, we engaged in a very like very deep and spiritual like experience with a sister of ours. And it's funny because I'm wildly excited by seeing you be in your pleasure, um, even if it's not with me. And it's like there's there's something beautiful about intimacy with the feminine 
that's just different. You know, I, I won't ever have a moment expressing, you know, my sexuality with you than I will when there's like the softness and the tenderness of, of being with the feminine. And it's just like, it's so beautiful to just love the goddess. Like I really understand, I get it, why men are just like crazy about women and just have this like lust and desire to just like penetrate the feminine, to penetrate the world. It's like, of course, it's the goddess. It's the goddess embodied. And it's something that is just like passionate and beautiful and tender. And, you know, in, in those dynamics, as well, as I said, like, I'm super excited, even if I'm like not involved at all, and I'm just kind of like a voyeur in some sense. Well, you're never not involved at all. But... Well, just like not <laughs> involved in the action. Yeah. And um, just being a voyeur of it is really exciting for me. There's something about, you know, again, the 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 song expressing like, I feel so safe. I know at the end of any experience like that it's me and you. And something about us experiencing that together is so beautiful. And I don't think that that's something, you know, it's like I think people think of like monogamy or polyamory or swinging, which is another thing, you know, we haven't experienced. But it's just like, what about experiencing something in your union together? And the funny thing about it is all of the sacred union couples that I've really seen it, you know, be as close to us as possible. It's almost like there's that code within their relationship where the woman is like, you know, somewhat bisexual. Mm. And Benjamin and, Benjamin and Azria, who have openly talked about this in their book, yeah. was, was one of the models of this type of sacred union. And it's been a part of part of their codes as well. And I think it's helpful there's, to have these models to say like, no, no, this is this is okay. Yeah, and it's and it's working for us, you know. Yeah. There hasn't been there actually hasn't been any moment of contraction or conflict or like In fact, all the moments of contraction and conflict were before we actually crossed that threshold. Mm, oh, yeah, before I went through. Right. Yeah, my big death Before rebirth. it was all it, there was a lot of fear. It was and, getting and really amplified. And, yeah. Yeah. And then you cross the threshold and you're like actually there's nothing to fear. It I actually didn't die. just bring it and it brings us closer. Yeah. My admiration for you, my appreciation for yeah. you, my you know, my rapturous desire for you actually yeah. just increases. And I also think there's like there's something there's a gift in it also. You know, and this might be hard for some some women to hear, but I'm just speaking from my own experience, but I do think that there's an element of a code in having that type of container where for you, you get to experience the fullness of your fuck, your lust, your you know desire to love the goddess without being shamed. Right. Because there's so much like, yep. fuck you're men's either, lust. You're either but, a good man or you're a, you're a dog. Or you're just a dog, yeah, exactly. And and I think it's, you know, it's it's very nuanced and I don't, see, you know, a tremendous amount of men in the world that I've met, you know, expressing in the way that you do with so much integrity, but it's been a gift for me to be able to feel so liberated and comfortable to, you know, I don't want to say allow cuz that that sounds like I'm, you know, dictating, but to just like facilitate facilitate or create that kind of container where you can fully express your sexuality without shame and I'm ex I'm excited by it and I love it because it's like this um the word term you always like to use compersion. It's like I'm actually connecting to your pleasure, 
your excitement, like I'm on the inside of your experience. And something about that is just like, oh my God, like, I love this. I love being able to give that gift to you. And simultaneously, it's very pleasurable for me. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and, and also just so people are aware, like because of my baptism through the fire of polyamory, I mean, I was accused of having a cuck fantasy where I like got off by the idea of another man sleeping with my sweetheart. I never did. Mm -hmm. And all power to people who have that fantasy. I just don't. But nonetheless, of all of the challenging experiences I ever experienced, the challenging experiences were not when, and in the few occasions where there was another man actually present in the sexing mm -hmm. with my partner, that wasn't actually the hard stuff. The hard stuff was when I was away from it and not I was imagining it. it and not a part of it and wondering what was actually happening and and how the cuddle, how how she was lying on his chest when they were done and, and what they're, like that was like the really hard part. Mm -hmm. And so in this as well as just my own sense of reciprocity and fairness, I've always offered like, yeah, I mean, if there's a man that you feel that with, you know, also I'm fully open to facilitating that for you. Now, yeah. I'm actually quite happy that you <laughs> that you're not desiring <laughs> he's, that. He's he's uh, to everyone listening. Like he's encouraged that for there to be reciprocity so many times. Like we talk, we have these really like brave, honest conversations about all possibility, and it's your strongest desire for there to be absolute reciprocity. For me, it's not something that you know, in my body feels like an ex like excitement for me. And I've also had to- And I'm secretly like Napoleon Dynamite. I also, like, I've yes! also had to, yes! I've also had to <laughs> unravel. I think there's an element to just of discernment that like, I think as a woman, when you're welcoming and allowing somebody to enter your body and your energy field, you know, there's an exchange, there's an exchange that's happening. And I've had to do a lot to unravel a lot of, you know, distorted energy based on my past. So like, unless there is a certain level of integrity and trust and safety and, you know, all those things that are mirroring what you are to me, it, it, I don't have the natural excitement around really wanting to go there now. Right. You know, I don't know that I ever will, maybe at some point, but it's just, it's not there for me now. Yeah. And I've been, and I've really checked in, you know, like I've, I've had ceremonies where I'm like, okay, body, like, here's this scenario. What does this feel in my body? Do I feel it if, with, with a person that I know, you know, how does it feel if this were to happen? It's kind of like, it could be cool, but it's like, not like, mm, oh my God, I want this. If it's something random, you know, how does that feel? And it's like, it could be cool, but I'm not super excited by it. But something about like loving the goddess is part of my, my, my full expression of my sexuality that I'm claiming. And that feels really exciting for me now, but um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I think one of the moves that's been made in kind of this um, postmodern or woke modern kind of idea is that men and women, feminine and masculine is actually the same thing and sexing is actually the same for both people. And I think there's a real liberating aspect of that, of bringing in you know, equality, egalitarianism in the expression and, and claiming of your desire and your sexual experience. However, I think there is also a truth of biological and polaric difference mm -hmm. in that actually, literally, you are, as a woman, allowing a 
part of another person's body and the extension of the energy of that person's body actually into your chakra body. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's a different thing mm -hmm. than actually as the man who's penetrating to receive the penetration is fundamentally, energetically, it's a different thing. Yeah. And it has, it has kind of a different landscape. And it doesn't mean that any actions have to be different because of that. But mm -hmm. I think there's a, a celebration of our both biological mm -hmm. and energetic difference that's involved in the act which actually makes it beautiful. Mm -hmm. But to try to make everybody the same. Yeah. And and also it goes along with calling mothers birthing persons or something like that. Like I I get it. You know, someone can embody mother energy as a man, but nonetheless, like a mother that actually births is there's only one, there's only one, you know, being that births. Mm -hmm. And that's a biological woman. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's so while I understand and appreciate so much of the impetus behind all of these cultural ideas. And I think that's sometimes missed, even in this birthing person's argument. Like mm -hmm. if you're a homosexual male couple and one partner is embodying the feminine, the feminine principle and being the mother, well, they're, they're representing the mother. They're representing the great mother. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. However, birthing person, well, no, there's only one, there's only one type of biological sex that can actually birth. Mm -hmm. A person and actually can, physically has a womb in the coast. And physically to be able has to a womb life. and physically can actually. So, it's a it's a celebration of of a lot of these ideas in in this kind of postmodern approach, but also a kind of transcendence of that in the post postmodern, where you say, yes, I appreciate that. However, let's go back and reclaim and include all of the pre modern. Mm -hmm. understandings of yeah there's some there's some fundamental differences mm -hmm. yeah i agree and that's i think that's you know viva la difference mm -hmm. you know it's like it's like celebrate everybody's uniqueness and that's like that's also that's also you know a strong part of my intention for this song is i'm claiming this for myself and no one else gets to dictate you know my sexuality but me you know, it's 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 the reclaiming of authority and, and that's the reason for part of the lyrics of, you know, total permission. Like I am welcoming you of of my sound authority into my energy body to to meet God, to feel rapture, to feel connection, to feel that collapse of, you know, separateness. Um, but I think that's a, you know, that goes for for men and for women. Indeed. Mm hmm. I'm wildly intoxicated by you. <laughs> I love you madly. Thank you. And I'm so, you know, so thrilled for this whole album. And uh, and this song is a fucking banger. It's a banger. Yeah. I mean, my my hope to be totally truthful is like just hearing it. I'm like, people are going to have sex to my song. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like it. I like being a part of, of re reinvigorating that code. Indeed. Uh, people can 
see this mm -hmm. on YouTube. Are you going to release it individually on YouTube so, or are you going to wait for the full album? Yeah. So um, this particular single, so my my single that I released last month, Phoenix, um, I released it with a music video that you can see on YouTube, you know, YouTube slash Vailana. I also have my website, Vailana.com, that has all the content around, you know, this whole album, which is called Goddess Rise. Um, Out of Exile is releasing today as this will be released. Um on Spotify and all music platforms. And I'm actually going to keep this music video to be part of the entire visual album because there will be an entire um, five song EP that's going to release um, in November, likely going to be November 4th. And uh, it'll have an entire visual album that tells the story. And, you know, as I said before, like this entire piece of art and creation is my autobiography and the medicine that that I know how to offer in the greatest way that I can through my voice, through all the love and the energy and the hardship and the challenge and the darkness and the reclamation. Everything that I've been through in my life is in this music. And, you know, so far, uh, the feedback just with Phoenix and people really feeling it has been so overwhelmingly positive. And thank you so much to everyone who, you know, has just brought this into their life and, and allowed that transmission to just really expand them. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've never done something greater and, and I'm just so grateful to share this message through my voice. Indeed. There's a kind of a funny story about the filming of this particular song <laughs> because the idea was that I was going to be involved in this song as well and we mm -hmm. were going to try to artistically embody what this kind of erotic polarity union that, you know, what that actually looks like. But Not porn. But yeah. artist, artistic. <laughs> imagine like the three hundred scene, right. the three hundred scene with with uh, what's his Leonidas name, and Leonidas Cersei. and Leonidas and yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cersei issues, Cersei, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but what ended up happening is I was really sick. It turned out I had COVID, but we mm -hmm. didn't know I had COVID yet. I was just really sick. Yeah, and so and we had no. I already I already had it completely healed from it. Was out of my window of being able to spread it. You were just like chiming through healthy as an ox just great and then a few days before we were supposed to film everything already set up lighting you know everything paid for set up and he's sick and so we had to pivot to you highly encouraged me to do it myself and I'm like I'm not doing this without you like this <laughs> that just sounds ridiculous what am I gonna look like I'm getting you know, and I, and that's by what the I spirit of the masculine. Yeah, that's, like, what, I, and that's what I told you. I was not like, down you just kind of look like you're getting fucked by God. Yeah. And I by was the Holy so, Ghost. I was so, so upset. And like many other moments of this album was just pure initiation. It's like Kali's medicine. It's like the destruction of, you know, what it brought things into alignment for how it was actually supposed to happen. It was so perfect because I just went in there and I just attempted to do it and to just see what happened since everything was all set up already. And it turned out to be visually absolutely stunning. And so many magical things happened on that set. And, um, you know, I, I it's, it's just me. And I got body painted by a dear sister, Karen Chroma, um, who really like ugh, really really brought it home and it's just you know me expressing what this song means through my body through my 
through my emotion, through my eyes, you know, through everything. And so it will be, it will be a woven part of a full visual album and um, it's going to be really spectacular. Beautiful. And that drops in November. Drops in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vailana, I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you. And we love you guys. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in to this bonus episode. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the show, everybody. As we mentioned, Out of Exile is available on Spotify and all music platforms everywhere. Give it a listen. I'm sure you'll love it. And then her full album drops again in November. And also, please follow Vylana at V-Y-L-A-N-A on Instagram and other platforms. I love her. You're going to love her, too. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>